Hello and welcome everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Walsh Wednesday, the Reflective Series. Before we get into today's interview, please enjoy this audio sample of the audiobook, Golden Sapphire, Treasures in Life and Beyond, by Rex Ryan and Camille Rigby, narrated by yours truly, Connor Walsh. In the back of her mind, an image began to form. It came from the farthest reaches of her subconscious. She took a deep breath and blew it out. More images came, but stayed out of reach. Taylor couldn't isolate them, but she felt a tingle run from the front of the book into her left hand and arm. We gotta go, Taylor. Me and Will had to take off. Saturn says campus security is outside the building, said Joseph. Are we going to take the book? No, said Joseph. He put his gloves back on, took the book from Taylor, and set it in the case. With the case back on the shelf, Taylor adjusted her goggles and followed Dimitri out into the hall. Hurry up, or you'll have company real soon, said Mikai when Taylor turned her radio back on. They stepped into the hall. Taylor was momentarily blinded by the bright lights. Wait, you guys! Yelled Shen. I haven't turned off the motion sensors. Get back to the stairwell. I'm going to trigger some of the other motion sensors in the building. They won't know which one to go to. Taylor ran down the hall and pulled down her goggles. This night wasn't supposed to turn out this way. They've alerted campus security. There's a guard coming in your direction. Which hall is he coming down? Asked Talia. Go back down the hall the way you came. He's coming right towards you. Talia spun around and took off back down the now well-lit hall. Shoot, Dimitri said. We've tripped another sensor. To your right is a small set of service stairs, Shen said. Alarms were going off in other parts of the building. Taylor tried to focus on Shen's voice. The door's locked! Joseph jerked on the knob. Talia shouldered him aside and went to work on the lock. Within moments, they took off up the stairs, two at a time. We lost control of the cameras, said Mikai. They know where you are. Keep your heads down and get to the roof. Where is the roof access? Taylor could hear the panic in her own voice. It's in the west side tower. Go to the top of the staircase. There's a ladder attached to the wall. At the top will be a hatch that opens to the roof. Taylor paused to catch her breath at the top of the stairs and pulled on her goggles. After Talia moved up the ladder, Taylor grabbed the cold metal and began to ascend. I'm going to cut the power for the whole building. Shen's voice came loud and clear through Taylor's earpiece. Talia disabled the lock on the small hatch and climbed out. Taylor felt the frigid wind as she crawled onto the roof. She hid in the shadows as they moved away from the door. Dimitri and Joseph were right behind her. Saturn, what do we do now? Asked Dimitri into his radio. It won't take them long to figure out where we are. We're working on it as fast as we can, responded Mikai. Stand by. Joseph went back to the small door in the tower and gently opened it. After a moment, he made his way back to the others. Did we give them the slip? Said Taylor. I'm not sure. I think I heard them, said Joseph. Where are they, Shen? Asked Talia. They're two levels right below you, but working their way up in your direction. There aren't many hiding places up here, Saturn, said Joseph. What does Mr. Ryan want us to do? Give us a minute, will you? said Shen. Dimitri covered his mic. I don't think we have a minute. Talia went over to the edge and peered down. A security truck had just pulled up and several guards carrying shotguns jumped out and hurried into the side entrance below. Let's spread out and hide, said Dimitri. Maybe they won't be able to find us all. No, said Mikai over the radio. Stay together. The cavalry is coming. The four moved deeper into the darkness away from the hatchway. Taylor could hear the shouting below. A strange hum blended with the growing wind. She looked around, trying to focus on the sound. It grew louder. And then, like a sign from the heavens, a blue beam of light appeared above her. A soft thud behind Taylor announced the arrival of their escape. She spun around to a rope ladder in the center of the roof. The four ran toward it. 
The beam of light extinguished as Joseph grabbed the ladder. Taylor! He yelled, motioning up with his thumb. She struggled to hold on as the rope swayed. The bumblebee, one of Mr. Ryan's high-tech helicopters, was a welcome sight. Strong arms pulled her in, and she scooted out of the way as Dimitri crawled in behind her. The chopper began to lift away as Talia and Joseph were pulled to safety. Taylor glanced over her shoulder to see the hatch door open, and two armed security guards stared blankly into the darkness. Golden Sapphire is dazzling in its simplicity and soul-stirring wisdom. It is a self-help novel about the spiritual growth of Taylor Schaefer and Austin Davis, two students who are given the opportunity of a lifetime when they are invited to join the mysterious Ascension Training Program. From southwestern Colorado to the Antarctic, from the Tree of Life to the depths of hell, Rex Ryan has written the most trying existential questions on life, love, and the separation of self and other into fiction. Follow Austin and Taylor as they work their way up the ladder of spiritual ascension and learn how to sacrifice themselves to save one another and the world at large. With directly applicable wisdom and healing methods, Golden Sapphire is the third book of the revolutionary self-help fiction series, Golden Copper. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Walsh Wednesday, the Reflective Series. I think this is going to be a very interesting episode for you guys today. I just recently had this wonderful opportunity to narrate this phenomenal book. And with us today, we have the author of it. So this is going to be really cool to get to talk about this experience and hear the other half, uh, more than just half, pretty much more, it's 90%. I'll, I'm really 10%. But uh, here we are today. We have author, success mentor, life coach, motivational speaker, and CEO of Three Peaks Institute, Rex Ryan. Rex, how are you today? I'm doing great, Connor. Thank you. No, I'm really happy to have you here, and I'm glad that we're having a chance to talk about the book. Um, definitely, it was uh, eye-opening to me in a lot of ways, but it was a lot of fun, and it was great channeling those characters. And there's a lot of that we can get into shortly. But before we get into the book, let's get into your background a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and the kind of the steps that have led you up to writing uh, the Golden Copper series? Well, thank you. I started the Three Peaks Institute about 15 years ago. Prior to that, uh, back about 30 years ago, I used to be a financial analyst and did that for about 10 years. Didn't really enjoy that. Felt that was very constrictive, very in the box. Um, didn't feel that I was fulfilling my purpose and mission. Uh, I felt very stifled after a life-changing event. I left that field, and for about the next five years, I was searching for something greater, something more than just getting by from one day to the next. And I started working on my own mental, emotional, and physical health. That was a huge part of it. And as I did, I realized that there's something greater out there. There's something more than just going to a job and getting the money to get by from one day to the next. Um, I realized there's something more to life, a bigger purpose and mission. And so I spent the next, oh, five, six, seven years searching for that for myself. And as I did, I met some amazing people. I had some amazing experiences that were just life altering. I started to learn more about who I was, my purpose and mission in life, and that there is more to life than just getting by from one day to the next. As I did that, my life changed, my family's life changed, things got significantly better, and I learned a lot. I learned so much. 
And I got into the field, kind of like uh, what we might call energy work, but that's very, very broad. Learned a lot of things that facilitated, helped me in my healing. And one of the big things that I came up with, and that it corresponds with what I feel my life and purpose is, is to use the knowledge, the talents, the gifts, the abilities that I have that I've been blessed with to help other people. And so I started life coaching and I started mentoring. Well, first started mentoring with some other people and learned a great deal from some amazing people in the world. Then I started mentoring other people and helping them because I realized that this pattern is pretty much for everybody. Everybody wants to know what their purpose is. Why are they here? What are they supposed to do with their lifetime? I started helping people and teaching people. And you can only take people as far as you are. And so I had to learn a lot more. In my learning, I was able to help other people more. I was trying to help as many people as I possibly could. And I realized that one-on-one was really great, but I could only help so many people. So I felt a better way to do it would be to write a book. And I was going to do it as a self-help book, teaching these principles and stuff that I've learned. But I realized that if I were to put it in a, a fictional novel, something that's entertaining, and still teach the principles, that I could reach a bigger audience and I could help more people. And honestly, this just came to me. It started to form in my mind about, oh, it was about six years ago, this idea started to form. And the irony of it is a lot of it, in fact, most of it, we'll talk about this a little bit later, most of the things in the books that I've written, I think I've written six books now, almost like about 90% of the information in there, even though the basic story is fictional, about 90% of it is actually true or based on something true. Either true life experience that I've had or I've seen in other people like clients or my mentors. So it is a fictional story. However, it's not that fictional. And then the other part is it allows me to share and teach the self-help principles, especially in a way where the reader can look at it and apply it to their own life and, and ideally take these principles and make their life better. And so I I wrote the first book, Golden Copper, about four years ago. And it was the first book I wrote with the assistance of Camille Rigby. She co-authored it with me. I was, that was the first book. I had struggled with the writing and stuff like that. But I noticed as I developed as a writer, I also developed as a, it helped me with more of my skills and more of my learning and development. So that it was a really big blessing for me or very educational for me to write a book because I had to put down in more of an order the things that I have learned that were kind of scattered. And so that really, really helped me. And now all these years later, um, we came out with our most recent book, Golden Sapphire, that came out last year and we're working on the next one. So that's kind of my a short version of my story, how I got to where I am now. And that's really awesome. One thing that you mentioned, and you emphasize this in the books, you can only help bring people as far as you are. And I think that's a really key lesson that a lot of people need to learn because there are some people out there who try to overextend themselves, draw themselves very thin, and they need to be able to take care of themselves and learn as much as they can as well to be able to be efficient in what they want to do to help others. And I think that's an overall lesson that you show in these novels very, very well. Thank you. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because 
Uh, most people in life, they want to help other people. That's just kind of an innate good thing about people. They want to help. They want to share. But if they don't have it, how can they share it? Another thing is when you get on a, an airplane, they talk about um, if the cabin decompresses, put the oxygen mask on, on first and then help other people. Some people, out of love and compassion and caring, they want to put the oxygen mask on everybody else first and themselves last just because they don't want to be selfish. But it's not selfish to help yourself first so you can help other people. Of course. No, that's a great analogy. I really like that. Before we get more into the books, uh, you mentioned you had a co-author, Camille Rigby. I would love uh, to get a little bit of her background and how you guys started working together. Yes, Camille R. Rigby. She is another author. She's written in some other genres, but we came together a few years ago, and I was kind of having a bit of a struggle trying to put all this information down in something that's cohesive, especially with the story and the information and trying to blend that. She came around and she has some more experience with writing than I did at the time. And she also knew a few ed editors and cover design people. She had more experience in this field. So we got together and I explained the concept to her and she was very excited about it. She helped with the first one and it went so well that she's pretty much helped ever since. She even took one of the side stories and she's the primary author of one of the offshoot stories from this. It's called Knowing You. And so she wrote that one about a year after we started. And I'm the co-author of that one, and she's the primary one. So yeah, she's wonderful. She's amazing and such a big help. That's very awesome. I figured uh, give her a shout out as well. The book series follows Austin and Taylor and their journey as they are being mentored by uh, Nick Ryan and Vivian Ryan. And they go on all these adventures and they learn a lot about themselves and each other and all that. You can talk about it better than me. Could you tell us a little synopsis of these characters and what people can look for and get into when reading this while following these characters? So, yeah, those are the four characters. Taylor and Austin are college students, early 20s. They're trying to figure out their life. They meet at the very beginning of Golden Copper. They, they don't know each other before that. And they're, they're looking for something. They don't know what they're looking for. They don't even know that they're looking for something. They just know there's something missing. And like then, and like most people, this is normal. And then they're accidentally or synchronistically presented with an opportunity that they have no idea the magnitude of it. So they're going to school. They go to a, uh, a self-help conference. Uh, this is the first of Golden Copper. And they get an opportunity to just go tour around this estate, this Institute of Higher Learning. And they're, they're not expecting anything from it, but they end up going and it's quite life-changing in a positive and negative way. And it leads from one thing into another. They start to learn things that they had no idea. At the same time, their relationship is starting to develop. Um, so they're dating, they're having similar experiences as they learn and grow, and it's bringing them together. Sometimes they go apart because of things, but they're the mentees. They're the ones that are learning through this process. At the same time, their teachers, their mentors, Nicholas and Vivian Ryan, they have been through a lot of experience. They've been through 30 years of trial and error, of learning, of gaining knowledge themselves, they're in their, they're around 50 years old 
And they present Taylor and Austin with this opportunity gradually. And they are the ones that are teaching primarily at this institute. And they go through these experiences teaching Taylor and Austin. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's a little more successful. Those are the main characters. There's a host of other characters in it. But those are the ones, they're kind of a mirror of each other. So what Nicholas and Vivian were 30 years earlier, in a way, is kind of what Taylor and Austin are today. And so the development kind of runs parallel. And if we jump back to 30 years ago in the book Knowing You, it is about Nicholas and Vivian and how they come together and part of their budding romance and where they were and how they started. And then we take that and fast forward 30 years to to today, you bring in Austin and Taylor. There's a lot of parallels, even though there's 30 years difference. So those are the primary characters. There's also a host of very diverse a group of other characters from all over the world that are at this, at this institute learning. Some of them are other students. There's about 23 other students. Um, there's also other teachers there. And some of the teachers, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, some of the teachers are not, shall we say, they're not regular mortals. They're not what they so, seem. They're not what they seem. So I don't want this to be a spoiler, but there's three characters specifically that are unusual we'll say that so that that's is kind for of a, you guys to all find out exactly yes <laughs> no that's so that's neat. the gist of the characters mm-hmm. very good leave them wanting more learn uh, it was like oh what does that mean uh very <laughs> very cool one thing that i really liked about this this is a very very much a globe trotting adventure yes much of the stuff happens at the institute but there is a lot going on around the world as well. And I find that really neat. What, what was the uh, tagline, Golden Sapphire, from the mountains in Colorado to uh, the Antarctic? To from, Antarctic. The tree, to, uh, from the tree of life to the depths of hell. Uh-huh. Like, but that, it, it, you, read, you read that and it was like, oh, wow, that sounds neat. But then like when you actually read it, it was like, oh, wow, okay, gotcha. <laughs> And uh, it's it's really cool that way. So, what was your inspiration to talk about these certain places? What what got you to want this to be so globe trotting? One of the reasons is because of such a diversity of the characters. There is at least two characters from every continent, and that includes the Antarctic. There was two two of the students actually lived in the Antarctic. Um, that's a little bit of a side story. But they're, all these characters are from every, there's probably 20, 20 different countries uh, for these 25 students, every continent. So it's, it's quite diverse. And every single character has their own significant backstory. So these are not just regular people, even though they think they're regular people. These are very significant individuals, even though most don't know it yet. And so we wanted to bring in like people from around the world, but at the same time, going out to these different places. So where is the, where is a diverse, where is an unusual place that most people don't go? So for example, uh, the book mainly takes place in Southwestern Colorado. That's where the Institute is. But when you get into Golden Emerald, the second book, uh, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but they're looking for something. I was trying to think of what is something 
significant in history, but also is very still quite vague. And it just came to me one day, and when I started Golden Emerald, I had no idea how this was going to play out. But as I was, as it was coming to me, um, it just gradually worked in that they were going to end up going to Turkey, the country of Turkey, the eastern side, to a place called Mount Ararat. And it was just kind of a natural flow of things. I'm going, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that's where we were going with things. And if you're going to go there, what's it going to be like? Let's let's make it an adventure. Let's make it unusual. And so there's a lot of adventure, a lot of tenseness. Um, it's kind of the finale for um, the Golden Emerald. But that's just a place on the planet. And so with Golden Sapphire, what about let's go somewhere bigger? And most people, you can pretty much go to any country in the world, but how many people have actually gone down to the Antarctic, uh, down at the South Pole. Not very many. And that was a similar thing. It just started coming to me going, all right, this would be a very diverse place. Not too many people have been there before. This would be a place for a great adventure. So a little bit of a spoiler, but in Sapphire, it kind of culminates in their adventure to the South Pole, to the Antarctic. But then there's this other piece where could a person go that maybe is not open to the regular visitor? Well, how about to other dimensions, things beyond the three-dimensional space? So this is another little spoiler, but how about traveling beyond the realms, beyond this three-dimensional space and time, going into, into other dimensions? And some of those dimensions are high and beautiful and glorious and just euphoric and others are not that way so yeah the the characters literally go to the extremes so that's kind of that's kind of the gist of it where did that come from it just it all just came to me as i got to that point in the story so i've got to say inspiration there you go I got to say, no, I think the uh, places that you take the story are very intriguing. And there's a reason to every place where everybody goes for the character development, for the overall arc of the story, for the world that you have created. There's a reason to it all. And it's really intriguing. It's exciting. It definitely grabbed me as I'm reading it. So I think that's worth uh, checking out, everybody. Definitely che worth checking this out. When it came to the audiobook, we started with recording the third, and that was a question I've always wanted to ask you, but I haven't really had the chance. Uh, is there a particular reason why, in regard to audiobooks, we started recording the third one first? Uh, good question. So the first book, um, the Golden Copper one, the initial one, was a lot of self-help information, but I felt that the story really didn't grab people. Usually a story, a fictional story, there's this buildup to a crescendo at the very end, and I really didn't feel that the end of the book was a real strong. And then the second one, Golden Emerald, was a lot of information. It's a, it's several, it's, it's a longer, it's more than double the first book. It has a lot more action in it. But it, in the middle of it, I feel, and this is just personally, the readers may feel differently, that the middle of the book is a lot of self-help information. I really tried to get a lot of information as possible in there. But I'm concerned that maybe the reader might get bogged down if they're reading it for the fictional story. 
uh, if they're reading it for the self-help part, then that's great. But then when it came to the third book, to Golden Sapphire, this, and I'll, I'll explain more of this later, but as it came to me, it really grabbed me personally. And it was like I was living the story and I was so excited. It's like every day I was getting a new piece. I didn't know how it was going to end. In fact, when I started this series, I still didn't know how was, this whole thing is going to end. It still hasn't ended. But I personally really like Golden Sapphire. It grabbed me and I, I kind of like lived the story. So when it came time to do an audio book, we looked at all three of the books and going, which one is the most exciting? Which one is the one that will grab people the most? The good balance of information and story, action and adventure, um, some romance. And because it came out most recently, it's one of the ones that's most popular by sales and by the people I've talked to. It is the most popular one. So we decided to do that one first. Very, very cool. After reading the first one, I'm still working on the second one. And of course, I've read the third one. Um, <laughs> that'd be bad if I didn't. Um, <laughs> I think I can agree when it's a good synthesis of all the things that you wanted to put together in the series into the third book. I think there's enough there where uh, somebody wouldn't get lost. They can still engage with these characters and still learn and get engrossed with them and the story. Uh, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of adventure. And I really like that. And I think, you know, it's a good way is like if they want to go back, they can and learn more of the uh, details. I kind of always like to point at Star Wars as an example of this, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. The, the original trilogy. Uh, that was the later half of the story. And then George Lucas always wanted to go back and do the prequels. And, uh, you know, that's it shows you that you don't have to have a completely linear way of digesting a story. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so I, th so I thought that was really cool. Yes, uh, Golden Sapphire is the third book. Let me get this right. The first book is Golden Copper. Second one is Golden Emerald. Third is Golden Sapphire. You mentioned Knowing You. That's a side story. And then you have another book, uh, the Pranic Life Force Energy Handbook. Uh, am yeah. I missing any? That is all the ones in that series. So the book Knowing You actually takes place. That's a prequel to Golden Copper. It takes place back in the 1980s and 1990s, uh, and it's kind of a, a little bit of a romance adventure about how the characters in Golden Copper got together 30 years ago. Yeah, so that one's, that one's a little bit more of a love story, uh, well, more of a romance. There is a little bit of information, stuff like that in there. Camille did a great job with that one. I highly recommend people check that one out. It's kind of fun. It's a little shorter, very enjoyable. Then... As we finished Golden Sapphire, there was a lot of people who were, I was getting a lot of feedback saying, I love the, the story and I want something more concise about the information. So we decided to get the Product Life Force Energy Handbook and just focus on the material, the self-help, self-improvement information, the knowledge and stuff like that that's, that's sprinkled throughout the whole series, but something a little more concise. If somebody just wanted the information, we put that in there. Uh, it's the how-to to do all the stuff that's talked about in the story. You guys have a lot of great tips throughout the book, and it's interlaced very well. But I can understand somebody just kind of wanted, was like, oh, what, what was that thing that was mentioned? What can I do? 
that's a really nice way of being able to find it real easily. So that's really neat. Yeah. Like obviously with the, uh, the pranic life force energy helps, uh, get the lessons together a little more synthesized, but of course in the main series, the lessons are weaved into the adventure. What particular lessons do you want people to get out of this series? There's a lot of them. However, I think the biggest, probably the biggest two, the biggest one I would say is that a person's thoughts, the thoughts they think and the person's emotions are not their identity. So many people get their thoughts and emotions that they experience through life, they get them all wound up and entangled in their identity. So they think that their identity is the thoughts they're thinking or is the emotions they're feeling. And as those thoughts and feelings change, it's like it whips them around and from one day to the next, they don't know what they're doing. So they're going every direction at once and getting nowhere. So I would say the number one thing is the emotions you feel and the thoughts you think are not your identity. The second one is what would you do with those thoughts and emotions? And this is, this is sprinkled through all, all the books, even, even knowing you. What do you do with those emotions that come along? Because everybody feels emotions. And like anger or sorrow or happy or sad or whatever. But what do you do with those emotions? So one of the big things in all the books is the tools and the knowledge and understanding of what do you do with them. For instance, uh, when you're feeling a specific emotion that you don't like, how do you get it out of you? You're feeling this feeling, and you might even feel it physically in your body. How do you get rid of an emotion that you're feeling? Well, there's tools um, in the books, especially uh, Golden Emerald, but all of them, about how you actually literally get rid of an emotion from your mind, from your heart, from your body. And the same thing works for thoughts. If you've got a thought that just, you can't shake it, there's tools on how to do that. And then it's, it's amazing when you apply this because say you're feeling sadness, that becomes a dominant feeling within you. You really can't move forward if you're feeling this. So there's tools, you apply the tools, get rid of the feeling, the emotion. And then this is the big part, is replace it with something positive, something you want to feel like joy or happiness or gratitude or whatever. Then replacing it with the positive, all of a sudden you feel better. And as you do that consistently, your life becomes better. The main thing is the application. So I think through the whole book, there's probably, I think there's 10 or 12 actual tools that a person, and these are in the Product Life Force Energy Handbook, that a person could say, this is what I'm experiencing. Which tool should I use? Oh, go to the list. I'm going to use this tool right here. Take that tool, apply it. They see the results. Their life is better. Oh, this works. People can definitely get that out of it. I know myself, before we even started recording the third book, when I started reading the first book, I realized that there was something really special with the series. And it helped open my eyes about certain ways that I looked at myself and I looked at my day-to-day -day and my emotions and my feelings. It's definitely opened my eyes to a lot of ways that I can be better moving forward. And it just makes me feel even more grateful to be a, be a part of this process. Uh, as we've said on this show many times, this is a podcast all about unity and understanding, being a platform for creators of all kinds. And we're always talking and looking for that concept of mindfulness. And I think anybody who is struggling or simply wants to learn more can get a lot out of this series. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, tell me, do you see things differently after reading the first book and the third book? I would is your life so. different? I would say the way that I approach my life is different. People on this podcast are no stranger to a few of the topics that I've talked about where <laughs> the last year was extremely difficult for me. And I found myself in some dark places and I've been looking for ways to help myself and not so much finding my purpose, but how to achieve my purpose. I feel like I, I've had a good grasp of what I want to do and what I'm here to do, but I got lost along the way of how to get there. And I feel like a lot of things in, in the in the books really have helped me to apply to my daily life, especially what you said about we are not our emotions. And <laughs> I'm driven by my emotions typically. So that's something that I've really gotten out of it. I'm not perfect by any means. I am not here saying that, but I feel like that this has helped, certainly. Great, great. Because even though we started this, I, I first contacted you a few months ago. And as you started reading these, I've noticed just, and I, I'm probably not the best gauge for this, but I've noticed a change in you from when we first started talking to now. Oh, that's really so cool. whatever you're doing, it's working. <laughs> I think I mentioned this ahead of time. I was looking for something for better help to help with my mindfulness, help with my overall well-being physically, mentally, emotionally, and all that. And I feel you just popped in at a really good time. <laughs> and, um, I, I feel blessed to be a part of this process, and I'm excited for what the future holds with things. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to make the most out of things. Yeah, I wrote a song. I'm re recording an album right now. One of the songs on it, the lead-off song, one of the lines is, I'm getting sick and tired of feeling sorry for, my shell, for myself. <laughs> Uh, time to turn some pages, take that book off the shelf. I think that kind of sums things up pretty well. Yes. Wow. And that's, that's what I want for everybody. I want people to see that. I want people to see their life. What, how can I help them? How can they take this knowledge and make their life better? And I certainly think that uh, people can get that out of it. Um, I'll admit, when I try to talk about this book to people, I have a very hard time bringing it down into a few sentences you know boiling it down to just a few quick lines to shoot off to somebody and I, I i feel like i just uh i just start bubbling over talking about it you know <laughs> some people are like whoa that's a lot connor but uh i think i got some friends who are like wow that's really interesting i would love to check this out and i've heard some good things from a few people definitely well we did have a challenge up front when we were starting this is this a self-help book is this a fictional novel? Is this a romance? Is this an adventure? We yes. weren't quite sure where to put it. Yes. Um, the answer is yes. <laughs> so we just did it all. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, we're big fans of the movie Princess Bride. And um, <laughs> Princess Bride is one of those stories as well. It was like, oh, what do you want to watch tonight? Oh, how about a romance? Princess Bride. How about some action adventure? Princess Bride. I feel like uh, you can say the same thing for this. Oh, I'm looking for a new book. What are you looking for? Maybe a little romance. Oh, Golden Copper. Oh, but a little bit of adventure. Golden Copper. A little bit of self-help too. Golden Copper. There you go. Um, and I think that really sets it apart. That's, thank you. When we were putting this online, um, they were saying, what books are like this? And we had quite the struggle. Um, trying to find a similar book. Not um, the, the closest thing we found 
was um, we found The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Uh, that's a kind of, sort of, uh, but that's really the closest thing we could find to it. Interesting. Gotcha. Okay. You might want to put Princess Bride on that list. <laughs> and Princess Bride. There we go. Yes. Why not? Why not? No. Uh, sure. Very good. <laughs> so as you said before, um, there's you have some kind of basis in real life for some of these characters in some of these places. And they always say, you know, you, you, you write what you know. And as a songwriter <laughs> and an inspiring um, show writer, I can attest to that myself. So with that in mind, is there any particular characters that you feel like you relate to the most or you always kind of channel when you were writing and reading back? Oh, wow. Yes. So at the very first of the book, there's a disclaimer that says this is all fictional. And it is. Any resemblance to any person living or dead is totally coincidental. That is the case. However, every single character that is in the book is a kind of like a culmination of people that I have known. I've taken attributes, characteristics of many people, um, including myself, in these characters. So with Austin, um, where I was back 30 years ago in my development, Camille Rigby, the other author, kind of, there's some attributes of her in Taylor, the character Taylor. But all these people are like a, a culmination of the characters in the book. So every, every issue, every mental and emotional issue that people go through in general is all represented in one of the characters in the stories. So one has issues like an eating disorder. One has issues with obsessive compulsive behaviors. Um, so they're not all, all these people are not all perfect and, and already developed. They're going through their struggles, just like real everyday life people do. People have their struggles. So my hope in the book, the stories, is that when you read it, you'll find somebody that you can relate to or maybe multiple people that have attributes like, oh, I can relate to that, or I can see this. Um, one of the characters has weight issues. Uh, one, of, one of the characters, Austin, has financial issues. One of, the, one of his friends named Joseph has issues around um, the conflict between religion and spirituality. So my hope is that you can relate to somebody or multiple characters. Um, who can I relate to the most? That's a great question. I would say me personally now, it used to be Austin. Now I really feel I relate more to Nicholas and probably the character, his mentor named Rex, which is kind of an irony. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I would say now Nicholas and Rex are the ones that I probably relate to the most. Very cool. I can definitely attest to the fact um for talking and getting to know you as much as I have, I can, I can definitely hear Nicholas in your, <laughs> you and Nicholas, you know, uh, vice versa, I should probably say. I really like what you've done with this book. You have a lot of understanding when it comes to the characters. One thing that a lot of people try to do are, is try to be diverse in their characters, their writing, or uh, whatever they're trying to do, especially these days. But one thing not everybody gets just because they're diverse 
doesn't mean that they're necessarily inclusive. And I think right. the inclusivity that you have in this book really says wonders for the story and world building that you created. And these characters feel even more real because of that. Oh, thank you. And, and that's one of the things we're really trying to go for because especially today, the past few years, there's been so much um, divisiveness in the world and so much division and conflict over one thing or another. One of my hopes from when we even started this, and I had no idea where the world was going back oh, four or five years ago with this, but to take people from different cultures, different experiences, different countries, different everything, and bring them together in a, a unified way, even with such conflicts, um, allowing them to come together in a peaceful, unifying way. And, and that's one of my hopes with the story is that people can see past their differences and love and connect with people and unify with people, even if they're different. So unity is a big thing, and that's gotten even more significant in the past couple of years. Um, this has been absolutely wonderful, Rex. I really appreciate all the insight on this. Before we wrap this up, where can people find the book, the text and the audiobook? Oh, awesome. Uh, right now, it's available on Amazon, um, and we'll have the, the link um, attached to this. It is on Amazon, or you can get it on my website, Three Peaks Institute. Uh, but probably the easiest would be on Amazon, the, the paperback, the ebook, and for Golden Sapphire, now the audiobook. Hey, hey. I heard somebody really cool uh, does the uh, narrating <laughs> for that. The voice sounds great. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was a, you did such an amazing job with that. Oh, As I, I listened to you um, when we were putting this together, there were several points where, as you were putting this out, it brought me to tears. Oh, wow. I mean, I've read this 30, 40, 50 times, but then hearing you do this just was amazing. You really brought it to life. So thank wow. you so much. Oh, you never told me that. That's awesome. That's really sweet. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I'm blushing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. Oh, well, I do, I do appreciate it. Oh, most definitely. And uh, I look forward to uh, the future with this. Before we wrap this up, obviously, people know where to go and get this now. Is there any final comments that you want to make about the book, the series, Anything in particular to leave the audience with? Sure. This book series is not done yet. And I'm not sure where it's going to go, but as with all of them, they're kind of a work in process. They just keep coming. And as they keep coming, uh, we'll just keep putting them out there. Tentatively right now, I am working on the next side book with it. It's kind of, it, goes, it takes place after Golden Sapphire but it's kind of a short one. Um, it's called Golden Mountain, Golden Mountain. And it's what takes place a hundred years ago pertaining to this story. So that is the one we're working on right now. And then simultaneously, we're also working on the next book in the chronology, in the chrono chronologically. And that one is called Golden Crystal. And we're hoping to get that out uh, as soon as possible. But that's what happens 
after these individuals reach this very heightened state, what do they do next? And then after that, we have another one. So tentatively, there are five books in the series with three offshoot stories. And here's another exciting thing that we're really, we're really pumped about. Right now, we are in the works of putting this together for a movie. Oh, we are talking about oh, it. Yes. We are talking about um, this now. Awesome. Golden Copper and Golden Emerald, combining that together, the adventure, the self-help part, the development, and making that into a movie. And we've already started working on it. I'm very excited about that. And then tentatively, if all goes well, we're hoping to make Golden Sapphire into its own movie. So, yeah, I just had to throw that out there. Um, That's in the works, and it's coming along. Cool. I didn't want to ask about it because I wasn't sure (laughs) if we can talk about it yet, but that's awesome. Yep, Yep, we can. You heard it here. The books are out, (laughs) and the movie's in the works. Yes. That's awesome, Rex. Thank you so, so much for your time being here with us. Thank you. About all that. And, um, again, you guys can check out the Golden Copper series. You can look in the links in the description. You can listen to the Golden Sapphire Golden Sapphire audiobook. You can read any of the ebooks. You can order uh, the physical copies. You can check it all out. It, everything will be linked in the description. Again.